Good afternoon, my podcast people. (laughs) I apologize for that opening. Honestly, I don't know how to start out these podcasts yet without sounding like a complete and total nerd. And I'm also on my third coffee, so I'll try to slow it down for you. Highly caffeinated. (laughs) I'm recording this introduction a day in advance because I'm going to be talking with Rebecca Morris tomorrow. My teammate on the Riveters. She's also known as Moose around the rink. So this is a bit of an introduction to familiarize yourself with who Moose is. And tomorrow we'll find out more about her second season on the Riveters from the source. So notice how I say Riveters there. I'm careful about that because our organization used to be called the New York Riveters. And now we're the Metropolitan Riveters. So the reason for that change is... We've had an added New Jersey Devils partnership this year, and the organization's name has transitioned to the Metropolitan Riveters. This has been done to reflect the area in which the New Jersey Devils organization is committed to helping and growing the game of hockey for boys and girls. They're very, very committed to that. And our league's commissioner, Danny Ryland, has been quoted saying, The Devils have noticed the growth of the girls' game throughout the metro area, and they wanted to double down on it. So this partnership has been so positive in many ways and is inarguably an exciting time to be a Riveter right now. However, I think one of the most excited people I've talked to in regard to the Devils' partnership is my teammate Moose. She grew up idolizing players such as Brodeur, Gomez, Niedermeyer. Some of you may not know this, but I was actually a, well, still am, a big Scott Niedermeyer fan, too. I remember being so dazzled by his skating ability, and he's just one of the greatest defensemen, which makes sense that he would inspire Moose as well. Uh, She's still extremely passionate about the New Jersey Devils, and I know this from a personal standpoint and also from a research standpoint. When we had the doubleheader at the beginning of the year, I just, every goal that the Devils scored, she stood up and was clapping and, and I think almost crying. She might have had tears welling up in her eyes. She was just very moved to be uh, playing on that home ice there of her favorite team growing up, and It's just really exciting to see her so into it and so passionate. So if, but from a researching standpoint, if you're ever trying to look up her life or athletic career, like I have the past couple days, my advice is not to scroll through her Twitter feed (laughs) because it's actually just retweets of anything you could ever imagine devils. So When I spent 10 minutes on her Twitter page, I forgot I was actually looking at her Twitter feed for information about her, and what I accomplished was being very up-to-date on the devil's news for the past couple weeks, so, but within that, my, my favorite tweet I did come across was that clip of Brian Boyle and Will Butcher, Butcher, sorry, embracing them, each other, and that was just so nice. Um, it was the New Jersey Devil Fights Cancer Night, I believe, so just full of pure happiness and joy. You just, you love it when you see two teammates just appreciating each other, and big night for Boyle as well, and this tweet I actually was debating on mentioning because full for Moose's sake, but I just have to because it's so sweet. 
Um, Morris tweeted out, I'll never forget the time we met and I told you that I named my dog after you. Congrats on a great career, Gomer. So this tweet was in response to the goodbye note to hockey that NHL center Scott Gomez wrote following his retirement. And so Moose ended up um, naming her first dog Gomez. And she's after talking with her about um, what I would be discussing during this intro, she shared with me that he's actually passed away, but she has another dog now. And um, so she, she really loved him though. And uh, why I wanted to share this kind of fun tweet about her dog nicknamed Gomer as well. Um, it's just to shine some light on how impactful having role models can be for a young child. So this is a big reason that I think Moose wants to be a part of the NWHL because she's able to be that source of inspiration for that miniature version of herself. To snowball off of that, during a recent interview this season with NHL Network, Moose told the NHL Now hosts that playing in the NWHL is, quote, very humbling. A lot of my role models were male, so it's really awesome to be that role model for a younger girl who had previously been trying to emulate male hockey players. This is one of the reasons that has drawn Moose back to hockey as a player. She's been coaching the last couple years, but now she's lacing them back up as a player. So it's just, it's really awesome actually. The cherry on top that she's able to be a woman's professional athlete so close to home. Prior to college, most of her hockey career took place um, near Westfield, New Jersey. So interestingly enough though, she didn't start out playing on the ice, but she grew up living on a cul-de-sac, and so she ended up playing street hockey with the neighborhood kids, later got into rollerblading, and then finally transitioned into ice hockey. Some notable seasons for Moose as a youngster were her U12 and U14 seasons with the New Jersey Colonials. Um, with both teams, she actually had experiences that led her to the opportunity to compete in nationals. So she, she just really kept expanding and expanding her whole career. Following this experience, she attended the National Sports Academy, which was, served to be her stepping stone to Providence College. And while she was with NSA, she captained the New York State Championship in her senior season. So it's, it's really cool that she was able to just build from the Colonials success there then finding more success at NSA, and then from there signed with Providence College. And in her rookie season as a defenseman, she finished her, oh, what was it? Five goals, three were game-winning goals, and with, ended up with 11 assists as well to round it out. And I believe she was a plus player, um, I think plus 16 or plus 17. So good for you, Moose, great in the D zone. <laughs> Gotta give her some shout outs here, you know. But this, all jokes aside, her athletic performance resulted in her receiving Hockey East All-Star rookie team. And she continued to excel throughout her college career. Finished off the senior stretch, tied second in, store, in scoring sorry, as a defenseman. So after spending her four years as a student athlete, she finished off with a marketing degree in the classroom and 60 points on the ice. So... 
very amazing uh, student athlete career there. And she mentions that she definitely fell in love with the campus and this is why she decided to remain at Providence for grad school to complete her MBA. At this point in the podcast, this brings us to how Moose got involved with the NWHL. So following getting her MBA, Moose moved back home to Westfield, New Jersey to find a job, but also had been talking with a couple players that were in the league at the time. I believe Celeste Brown, Janine Weber, and I'm blanking on the third friend that she'd been talking to, but regardless, they encouraged her to email Chad Wiseman about current coach of the Riveters, about the opportunity of playing in the league, and the coaching staff brought her on last season uh, under the role of a practice player. So this term I'm hesitant to use because that's not the role that Moose has come into this season. And in general, we don't have any per se, like air quotes, practice players uh, in the NWHL this season at all. So I can't speak as much for other organizations, but on the Riveters, each player has a very similar contract where you're not guaranteed playing time. You're not a rostered player, practice player. Everyone is kind of in the same spot and you need to perform in your role in order to play and also has to do with attendance and practices, things like that. Um, so last season is quite different than present times, especially for Rebecca Morris. So right now she's been in the lineup for 11 games and we're just over halfway point in the season. And last year, she ended as dressing for nine total on the year. So that statistic alone, you can see that she has been increased in utility. And a huge reason that she's been able to be utilized this much is she possesses such a unique skill that not many players have. And that's her capability to switch positions so frequently. I know she flips weekend to weekend, practice to practice, being forward, sometimes defense, sometimes. And... You know, honestly, even in practice, I've seen her be forward on the board and then we need an extra body um, for certain drills for G. So she'll flip even during back to back there. So this versatility has proven to be very valuable to us this year. And, you know, she's not just valuable because of her on ice play. She's truly a great teammate in my eyes and mainly because of her positivity, her just general outlook and passion for the game and dedication to our team and our organization. They've never wavered no matter if she was lacing out the skates on game day or playing a more supportive role. Um, when you have a person like that in your locker room, it really creates that just overall team atmosphere because it's so contagious and it inspires others to follow suit and be a good teammate right back. So I'm so excited to chat with Moose tomorrow and learn more about her journey back to playing hockey because honestly for me, I'll, I'll be learning a lot too tomorrow. So we've never got too into depth with it. So uh, looking forward to to learning more about Moose and and the growth in her role over time as, as a Riveter. So talk to you tomorrow. And when you hear me next, I'll be with Rebecca Morse. <laughs> you heard it here from the Rafter.